The show's about to start. Are you ready? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, Jeff Trenopole. And as always, I bring you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of Houday Nation, baby, and the Cincinnati Bengals and Jamar Chase. Now, do me a favor. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. I am up again to 1,060-something subscribers. I always say something because I have to go on the computer to actually look at the exact numbers, but that's what it says on my phone. So we were at 150 something yesterday, now we're at 160. That is awesome. We are rolling. The show is growing. I appreciate you guys sharing the show, liking the show, enjoying the content that I'm doing. And I just, I, I appreciate the hell out of it. And I really thank you guys for it. Now, this show and every show is brought to you by T Properties. T Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out the website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, guys. Well, we are in the week after the draft. This will be day two. And I'm not going to take credit for this, but my boy Jeremy D has nicknamed Tyler Shelvin. And I actually kind of like it. He put his little meme out today on YouTube. Big Daddy Bayou is here. I love the nickname. I think it's awesome. I think uh, all my followers, if you're on Twitter or Facebook or uh, Instagram, tweet this out. Hashtag it. Big Daddy Bayou is here. Tag Tel- uh, Telvin T- Tyler Sh- Staff. Tyler Shelvin, if I can say his name right. And let's see if he likes the name. I think it's uh, I think it's a pretty cool name. I like it a lot. And I, like I said, I got to give credit to uh, Jeremy D. Now, it's a throwback to Big Daddy Dan Wilkinson, but this is Big Daddy Bayou, so I like it. I don't know if you guys uh, checked it out today that the jerseys and the numbers for the new players were out today. You can see Jamar Chase is number one. And his jersey, from what I've heard, is selling like hotcakes. I think it might be 
the number one jersey being sold right now, or it's awful daggone close. So if you guys are looking for new jerseys or anybody's number, these are the numbers of the new guys. And you can see Big Daddy Bayou is number 99. So I like that a lot. So what's going on, everybody? We got Zim Day coming on here in a little bit. Jeremy D is unfortunately dealing with power outages down there in Alabama. So I don't think he'll be able to join the show today. But I guess since yesterday is kind of like the end of the draft talk for the most part. Now we roll on to what's next for the Bengals. What do you expect out of the season now with all the talent that they got in the draft? The way I look at it is Zach Taylor and Lou Armadillo. He's still Armadillo until he proves me otherwise. has got talent. This would be the most talented team that they've had in the three years they've been here. So for me, it's put up or shut up. You know, it's time to roll. It's time to make a difference. It's time to make a playoff run. Now, I think that's going to be a difficult task because this could be, the FC North could be one of or the hardest, toughest divisions in football this year. I'm sorry, the Clowns have improved. The Squealers have improved. The Ravens are already good. Jimmy Ratbirds are already good. So I think it's going to be a tough division to win. But I do think the Bengals are up for it because of the offensive weapons that the Bengals possess. I don't think there's a team in this division that can easily match up with Chase, Higgins, Boyd, oh my, Mixon, hopefully Moss, maybe, you know, Sample, uh, Uzama. Uh, you know, we got Chris Evans now. We got Captain America. Now I might be, you know, up a little too high on him, but I, it, I like his skill set. I like what he brings. He brings hopefully what Geo did, and hopefully, you know, it's another weapon out of the backfield that the Bengals can use. So, I'm I'm good with it. I, I like I like to see uh, I, I like to see. I, I think the Bengals. I'm not gonna say they're. I'm not guaranteeing playoffs, but I think we got a shot at ten wins. I, I really do. Now we'll find out. Uh, I think next Wednesday when the um the schedule comes out. And uh, yes, Fred, I completely agree with you. He is going to be a stud. I cannot wait to see him in the rotation of the pass rushers. I think that is a legit steal. I think he was at least a second round grade pick and they got him in, in with a third. So I, I really like that. Paul, what's up? Uh, I still like us. I'd like to see a signed Silver Wolford. Get signed by us. Oh, you were still on the side of Wolford? Uh, see, I don't know. You're talking about the offensive lineman, right, Wolford? I'm not so – I mean, I was sold on it before, but with all the draft picks and everything we did, I don't know if he – and he, he sat out of here and he's older. So I'm not sure if that's a route that the Bengals want to go. I mean, I don't think it would hurt. Don't, don't get me wrong. Crip, you're saying playoffs are bust. Yeah, I'm – look, I'll put it this way. If Zach Taylor does not have a winning record, I, I think they have to highly consider uh, moving on from him. I really do. But I really do think we're finally going to see the, the Zach Taylor offense. I think our offense line is going to be good enough to protect Joe Burrow and to be able to do what we want to do. And with 
Burrow and Chase and Higgins and Boyd and Mixon, we're going to be able to get the ball out and get the ball out quick. And I think Mixon is actually going to have holes to run through. How awesome would it be when we watch Joe Mixon get the handoff and he doesn't have to make his first, first cut in the backfield because somebody's back there. I mean, that's the exciting thing to me. And I, and I know Joe Mixon is just flat fired up that Frank Pollock is back uh, as the offensive line coach and the run coordinator. I think we're going to have Mixon's best year. I, I really do. I think I think it's it, – it, for what he's done without an offensive line, I can't wait to see what he can do with an offensive line. And that's the thing, too. When in the AFC North, we got all these toys and everything, all these weapons and throwing the ball here and there. We got to be able to run the ball. And I think with what we've done with the offensive line that we are going to be able to do that for once. Now, like I said, I'm always the optimistic guy, so I might be – you know, overshooting it a little bit, but I'm pretty pretty happy with with what they've done. All right, Crown, what do you got here? Question. The question is, are we going to have to score 35 points a game? That's a good question, Crown. I don't know. I'm I mean, hell, <laughs> I hope we average 35 points a game. I hope we don't have to do that. And I have a feeling that our pass rush is going to be better because of the guys that we got, the guys we drafted. I think we're actually going to possibly have a legit pass rush from the outside and on the inside, you know, with, with uh, uh, Big Daddy Bayou and, and DJ Reader. I mean, he's another DJ Reader. If if he can play like DJ Reader and you have two of them <laughs> and they get open, Joby, dude, our up the middle, they're, they're going to be like, look at him. Go ahead. Come on, run on us. <laughs> let's, let's try it. So I, I'm – Pretty happy with the way things have set up. Like I said, I'm always, I'm probably too optimistic. But if you look at what they have, and the farther and farther I get away from the draft, the more and more I get excited about it. You know, just because of the talent that they that they cured. The trade, I'm sorry, the trade back was perfect. It was great. I mean, I, I hopefully Jackson Carmen is our plug and play right guard. He should be, um, and hopefully he can kick out the tackle. The other thing. If he can't, I wouldn't sleep on the kid from East Carolina. I know Blake Jewel was on here yesterday, and he, and he didn't really think the same way I did that that kid could possibly be our future right guard. But I'm pretty optimistic about him. And and like I said, with Frank Pollock, I mean, we might Carmen might stay at guard, and and uh, Smith might move out to tackle. You never know. We'll see. Uh, there we go. Oh yeah, there's Jeremy D. Yep, Big Daddy Bayou. I like, I love that nickname. So we'll see. Uh, let's see here, William House. Other teams won't be able to stack the box. Exactly. Yes, they won't be able to stack the box because of what we have. You know, because of what we drafted. Sorry, just double checking, making sure that Zim has got the link and he's able to get on. Um, but yes, so that's where I'm like, we do do. Did we fix every hole we needed? I don't know because we won't actually find out to see until we play the games to see if these guys actually develop. The point is they they filled every need. You know, if it flourishes to awesome players, I don't know. Find out. I think they're going to be very good players. And if they hit on the first, if they hit on the first three or first four, dude, this is a home run. This draft is a home run if they hit on these guys. And and uh Big Daddy Bayou. He sat out last year. He opted out. 
they had him as a second rate, second round grade the year before. So that's more I've read after the guy and more I've I watched tape on him and different things. More I'm getting excited about him. I think he's going to be a really, really big impact player for the Bengals. And I said, we got the guys on the edge. It's just, I think our defense is going to be improved. So Armadillo, you have no reason, and Zach Taylor, both of you have no reason to not flourish, in my opinion. Now, hopefully, you won't have the injuries like we've had the last couple of years. That would be extremely nice. But the good thing is that we have, like, like, like Blake Joel said yesterday, if Billy Price and Michael Jordan are your backups, they're pretty good backups, plus on top of the guys we already got over the weekend. So our backups are already better than what we've had the last couple of years. So that right there is an improvement. No matter no matter what, the talent that is there is better than what we have. And what I always keep saying is you have to stack talent. And that's that's what I think we did. All right, Jennifer. Just remember one thing. Burrow likes Taylor. That very good point. That makes a different uh, a big difference when people say Taylor should be gone. I, I agree with you, and I do. And I'm not saying Zach should be gone, but I mean, I mean, optimistic. I really think we are going to be have a shot at winning ten games. I really do, and it ain't going to be easy. Don't don't get me wrong. I think you know, and the, the, who knows? This is May, yeah, May, 4th, you know, stars may the be with. Um, I might change my mind as we get closer to the season, but right now, coming out of the draft, I'm very excited and very exuberant. So we'll see what what happens. But I really do think it's going to be a good a good season. All right. And Zim is still not in the waiting room. Zim is actually coming. So, yeah, Freddy, goal line stand is going to be sick. I Yeah. Uh, you put those two next to each other, man, it's going to be fun. Oh, now now, now you guys are, are on the Jamar Chase thing. Yeah, you guys are telling me you should, buy, should have drafted Sewell TNC there. All right, let's see here. Paul, Smith will be a stud. 30-inch arms. Especially Pac coaching him. That's exactly that's what I'm saying. He's got all the physical talent. Put some more weight on. And I will listen to I think it was Dave Lapham uh, in the Trenches podcast, which if you guys have not checked that podcast out, it's very good. But he had the coach from East Carolina. And I think it was him. Uh, I'll listen to a lot of different podcasts. So I, I forget where I hear things from. But if you put actually it might have been James Rapine or Jake Lisco. Unlocked on Bengals. That, that's where I think it was. Anyway, my point is, and it's not my point, it's what they said, and I, I agree with them. If he's at East Carolina, East Carolina is no football powerhouse. You know, it's not like he came from Ohio State or Michigan or Georgia or anything like that. He came from East Carolina. With his athletic ability and his footwork and his physical traits, you put some more weight on him and you get great coaching by Frank Pollock in a year or two. I really do believe he could be our starting right tackle. I really, really do. So I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if it's actually going to to happen, or but it's the the, the possibility is there, and it's not like far fetched. It's a good possibility that that could happen. Uh, let's see here, but uh, let's see here. The, the chat is blowing up. Uh, here we go. John wants to who wins guard spots, Spain or Serbia? Well, to be honest, I think Spain. I mean, I like Spain better. But I really do think it's going to be a competition between all three of them, including uh, Carmen, because they said he's coming in to compete for a job. They're not just going to give him the guard job. You, you have to come in and compete. And 
That's the thing. I've, if you guys watch my show a lot, I've preached that. Competition, stacking talent. That breeds championships. That's what we have right now. And I'm, I'm extremely happy with what we have. And I, I think it's going to be a really fun, fun year. And uh, now in the waiting room is the one, the only, my boy. Zim, what's going on, brother? Nothing much, man. How you doing today, Ice? Dude, man, I, I'm just living in the glow of drafting Jamar Chase and this this draft. I'm I'm so excited. I'm like, dude, you, if you guys haven't seen the video of Zim's reaction to them drafting Jamar Chase, it's all over Twitter. Jamar Chase even sent a, a video back at back to, to Zim. I'm like, man, I should have videotaped myself because I was exactly this way. I'm like, yes, that's who I wanted. For sure, man. I'm going to tell you, a lot of people, um, you know, messaged me and said that same thing was like, right. uh, they were like, man, I, uh, bro, I had the same reaction. I, in my mind, I feel like everybody that was on Team Chase, that was like our, our own moment for it. I know he said, hey, Zim. I feel like it was, he, he said, hey, Zim, but I feel like he was talking to everybody that was Team Chase. It's like, it was like, man, I, I'm, you know, I can't wait to, you know, like put on a show for you guys. Exactly, man. It's it's and I heard that uh because uh Jeremy he's having problems down in Alabama. He's doesn't have any power right now, so that's not why he's on the show. But he did order his his chase jersey today and he can't get it to like I think July. But I think he said it's one of the, the hottest selling jerseys uh right now. I don't know, I don't know if it's number one or not, but I know it's pretty pretty damn high. I, that's my next jersey I'm getting is I want to get the number one black uh chase jersey. But you know, I said on your show. You know, Chase, Higgins, Boyd, oh my. Dude, I think that's going to be the key to the Bengals competing and possibly making it to the playoffs in the AFC North because I don't think, no matter what, the Browns had a good draft, Squealers had an okay one, the Ravens had a Ravens, but I don't know if any of them have guys that can match up with those three along with, you know, uh, uh, hopefully Thaddeus Moss, hopefully he's good. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers on him, but, but Joe Mixon, Throw that in there. All the weapons we have, I, I don't know if they have guys that can really match up with that. And that's kind of the one thing you and me were talking last time we were on the show. Right, right. I mean, to me, it's like 2005, 2.0. I want, I do want to say, because a couple people say, hey, Zim, so I just, I don't want to be rude. Hey, John. Hey, Jennifer Schultz. Uh, what's up, Joshua Smith? What's up, Holmes? I don't know your first name, but what up, Holmes? <laughs> uh, but I do, I do want to say, you know, um, you you also spoke about the Jamar Chase jersey. This is mm -hmm. one thing that I want everybody to know: Jamar Chase is going to be the first Bengal to ever wear the number one, mm -hmm. and he's also going to be the last. <laughs> I love it! I love it! That that that's that's dude, that's a statement right there, dude. That's, dude, that's a T-shirt, right? But but, there. but 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 yeah, but but that that that's what it's all about to me is like, um, I posted something about one of the guys that the Ravens drafted, uh, the the corner from OSU just now, uh, uh Wade, Sean Wade, yeah. and and I posted because I had I I live near Baltimore, but DC and Baltimore is totally different. But right. my my Ravens fans was like, man, bro, we got the still of the draft and da da da. One of my things that I've been telling the people is that. Uh, they'll say, well, the Ravens have the corners to match up or they'll name like a team like uh, the Chargers or somebody have the have the corners to match up or like teams that have the very best corners to match up. 
you got to think in the National Football League, there's only about 12 teams that pretty much have legit elite starting three corners, like elite. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not even 12. That, that's just 12 legit. It's only five with like three elite corners. And, and, and that might even be a stretch. But what it does against a team like the Ravens, who would be part of that top five, is it makes me say, not only am I going to dictate your personnel, all of your corners better be healthy, and all of them better be on the field. By you having them all on the field, they all better be ready to tackle. Because now the running lanes are wide open. Mm -hmm. Joe Mixon is now one-on-one -on -one against a guy like Wade that now has to tackle from the slot position. That's something that we do well from the slot position with the addition of Mike Hilton. So, like, it, it's it's not the same to me. Like, a lot of teams, like, and, and, and God willing, if everybody's healthy on our end, too, that's just what it does. And mm -hmm. one thing that was very influential, and I think I was telling you this, too, is it – in the National Football League, I want everybody to pay attention to this. Nobody's doing seven-step drops anymore. So yep. the, the the team that your grandfather is telling you about or the team <laughs> that made all these Sewell people say, I'm Team Sewell and offensive line is it. Oh, you first. Th those, those people are still there, and I still sympathize with you, and I still understand it 100%. But nobody's dropping back seven-step drops. Everybody's getting the ball out. And the guys that get it out and are able to improvise, like Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and stuff like that, they need guys that can work one-on-one, -on -one, that can get back to the football. If you go look at T. Higgins' highlights, a lot of those highlights are T. Higgins running back to the football with Joe Burrow improvising. Joe Burrow's mm -hmm. like, I, I don't want to compare him to Tony Romo, but that's how Tony Romo made right. a living is like, is like guys coming back to the football. So when you start focusing on who can impact this team more so than anybody, it's all skill positions because in the national football league, you're going to get hit when Eli Manning got hurt, when Tom Brady got hurt, when Deshaun Watson got hurt, when all these people got hurt, they got hurt behind really good lines. Yep. And, and, and you're going to get three seconds, no matter what does Panay get Joe Burrow hit less. Probably. So that's where I, I sympathize with you. It's like, okay, I get it. But in the course of a year, let's say Joe gets hit 120 times. With uh, Panay, maybe he only gets hit 90 times. But yeah. out of those times that he gets hit, it, it doesn't mean that he won't get hurt. When Eli Manning or all these people got hurt or whatever, there, it's usually because a guy just rolled up to their leg. It's not because of lack of uh, pass protection. So I want to make that very clear. It's like these guys that got hurt or tore their ACL and stuff – yeah, there's a direct correlation with Michael Jordan being complete ass. I get that. But at the same time, there is no elite fortress that can be made to stop Joe Burrow yeah. from getting hurt. So yeah, I mean, Carson, what are Carson you really Palmer trying to do? Hurt. Right, exactly. I mean, Carson Palmer got hurt, and we had a really good line. Andy Dalton broke his thumb, and we had a really good line. So that's why I keep telling her. But just because you draft Panay Sewell doesn't mean that he's never going to get hurt. But I, I, I don't know about you, but I was actually really happy with the defense of what we did. The crowns got a questionnaire. He asked this earlier. He said, uh, do you think the Bengals will have to score 35 uh, points to win a game? I said, they might score that, but I don't know if they're going to have to, because I really like the, the trenches, the, 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 the guys we got, you know, the edge rushers. I mean, I think Ar Armadillo has got enough talent here to actually press on the quarterback this year. This to me, this is the most talented team that they've had in the three years they've been here. So what, what's your thought on the defense? 
I, I love what they did on the defense. I think what they did is uh, Zach Taylor did a press conference after the draft, and he said, you know, um, pretty much he was giving you an insight on how the Bengals were thinking. Because I was sitting at home and saying, why don't they draft Bobby Brown? Or why didn't they go draft a lot of these three-tech guys that can rush the passer? But I think Cam Sample is really important because he's a guy that's interchangeable that's going to be able to kick inside in their uh, nickel packages and stuff. And then you'll see – uh, Osai early on, kind of like in the Carl Lawson mode, where he's just your speed rusher, third down guy that just comes in and just comes to pass rush. But some of the things that they did, I like because they're not trying to replicate what they already had. They're stockpiling this defensive mm-hmm. line where it's a right. big battle royale. Now yes, guys like our, yeah, like guys like our, our, our Mike Mike Daniels and stuff. Now he's got to kick it up a whole nother notch because mm-hmm. now he's got shelving at his neck. But I think yeah. they, I think they. Conscious, they made a conscious decision to say, if anybody goes down, uh, Josh Tupau doesn't come back. Like, because I'm a Josh Tupau guy. If Josh <laughs> Tupau doesn't come back, like, uh, like we thought, it doesn't matter. If 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 we're hampered with injuries, we're not going to run out freedom and Amani Bledsoe this year. That's not happening. Exactly. And we're going to come with beefy boys up front: Reader, Shelvin, mm-hmm. Mike Daniels, Tupau. Like you, you're gonna have some big daddy by you. We're gonna have some big boys up front that just stockpile that and focus on that. And then guys that are interchangeable, like Cam Sample, and you'll see Hendricks. Uh, you know, I kind of worry about the edge a little bit early on, but we'll see how it plays out. But Hendrickson, Osai, Hubbard, and um and uh Kali Kareem, yeah, you're yes. you're gonna have you're gonna you're gonna have some options like you know early on. And and well, I, I, I I do like that part. They, I thought they would have grabbed a corner somewhere, and they never did that. But they really doubled down on the trenches. But uh, they went Osai, heavy in free agency. Yeah, yeah, Osai, Yeah, that. Well, they did. They they went heavy in the secondary back to back years of free agency. Right. So that's one of the reasons I don't think they they touched it. But Osai, I think he is a huge steal because a lot of people had him at oh, yeah. you know second second round. I, you know, I, I think he's it, all he's got to do is is go after the quarterback. I, I in that rotation with Hubbard. And Henderson and um, who else am I missing? Uh, there's four of them. Anyway, you know, but the the, the rotation we have: Osai, Hubbard. Who's the fourth guy? I don't know. I can't think. <laughs> is there is there a fourth it, one or not? Kali Kareem and Kali Kareem and you could argue sample. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The, yeah that, that's what I'm thinking. The the, the kid out of uh, Tulane we just drafted. Tulane, yeah. So yeah, now, yeah. So all those guys, if we hit on all of them. Dude, I mean, which I know is a big if, but I think the talent is there, and and they and I got a feeling we're going to get pressure on the quarterback, which I preached this a ton last year. The way you win football games is obviously it's you protect your quarterback and you get pressure on theirs, and I think the right. Bengals have done enough to, to to satisfy that. Now, I would have liked to gotten uh, Jenkins tackle. I'll put it out there. I would have liked that, but same. I love yeah, but I love. The, the 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 quality of players they got in the fourth round. I think that almost makes it long as uh Jackson can play plug and play at guard and then maybe kick out the tackle later on. I, I think it's it's a home run. Uh, I mean uh, De- uh, Deontay Smith from East Carolina. Mm-hmm. I, dude, people don't might not don't want to sleep on him. I think you get him, get some weight on him, get him to work with Frank Pollock. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe he could be our, our tackle in a year or two. 
Yeah, yeah, 2022, they got to be thinking, let's get this kid ready to go. And you got to think, too, think about this. Like, as a backup early on, he doesn't have any pressure at all because, believe it or not, to me, Fred Johnson is a really good backup tackle. I I, I, I tackle, yes. Guard, he's awful, but tackle, yes. Right, exactly. They messed messed up and put him at guard in a couple spots, and that's where Mm -hmm. I think they messed up. But I think, ultimately – the one thing that I will say about Carmen, based off of, like, the run, I, I took a screenshot of it, and I was looking at it, like, this morning, actually. But the, the run of Wyatt Davis and all those guys in the 50s and all that stuff like that, right? to me, I can't – I'm not a guy that looks backwards, but say something doesn't work out with Jackson Carmen. I'm going to always think about they had the ammunition to easily go get Tevin Jenkins. Right, they had yeah. the am. They had the ammunition. Uh, he was right there. He was there at the pick. They couldn't. They couldn't take him. Like he went a little bit. He he went at forty. Didn't he go at forty four? Oh no, he went. Yeah, the, the Bears traded up and got him. I'm sorry, but but Cosby yeah, was Bear, there. He Cosby, because yeah, because Cosby went fifty one. But see, yeah. Cosby to me though is no different than uh, falling in love from a staff standpoint. Falling in love with um, uh, Carmen. It's right. like. There are deficiencies in this game that you got to clean up because of the footwork of Cosme mm-hmm. is off. But the right. athleticism day one, yeah, it's off the chart. Yeah, Joe Mi- Joe Mixon is going to be taking stuff to the house because he's getting in the second level like <laughs> right. easy. Well, right, but but, this- Car- but but yeah. Carmen like just represents like the same thing. So I'm not really mad at that, but I will just say like just pro ready to me, mm-hmm. and I'm not a scout, but I watch a lot of a lot of tape before this draft. Yeah, Eichenberg, mm-hmm. Tevin Jenkins, uh, AVT, and um, what's the fourth guy? What's the other guy I'm listening? Why Davis as a guard prospect was really really good. Oh, and Raddins. Yeah, and now now Raddins, the only thing was is against guys that are like 280 pounds, and he's just kicking their ass because you know he went to a smaller school. But but the things that I saw from him, he dominated. Like mm-hmm. if it's if Sewell's tape would have looked like that from Raddins. The Falcons would have never even passed on Sewell. It never looked like that to me. Like if you go look at Dylan Raddins, him just pushing around people, just knocking them off the screen. But they're smaller guys. But see, that right. was the stuff that I, you know, like me early on when I looked at Quentin Nelson and stuff. It, that was the crazy stuff or Makai Beckton that I was seeing, and I never saw that from Sewell. And that, and I don't know. But Tevin Jenkins was my favorite guy in the draft. So right. I'm gonna go on rap. Yeah. I, I mean, my my favorite offensive line. Uh, prospect in the draft yeah. so to to have him right there and then you see how the bears felt about him they just flat out just dropped their start yeah. and, and then yeah. they dropped their tackle yes yes they and, did and, yes you're right and the tackle yeah. that they dropped we should go get them yeah that's what I, that's what i'm kind of wondering that, if, they're, that if they're gonna do that, that or not dude, I'm like yeah bro, i'm like the, the tackle that they dropped if we went and got that dude right now for that same money nobody would care about moving riley reef anywhere like you would say right. Or or Jonah, it doesn't even matter. We would right. have a top. We would have a top five line with that dude and yeah. and, and Carmen playing at right guard starting off. Mm-hmm. That would be insane. Like, and they got well, the money to do it, but I guess I don't know how they're thinking. But yeah, I don't know. It might be wishful thinking. I mean, t- to me, I, I don't. I want them to do it. I don't see the Bengals doing that because of what their plan is. They don't usually deviate from the plan too much. You know. So I don't, I don't I would love I'm with you I think that would be that would be great, but I got a question for since we've the, like I said the the Bengals have done all this um, upgrading for the talent and everything. 
how much pressure, how much more pressure does this put on Zach Taylor? Do you think it makes it easier for him this year or, or harder? I mean, it's, not harder, but is the pressure even it, the hot seat even hotter? Because if they don't make the playoffs or they don't have a winning season, is he for sure gone in your mind? Or what, what do you feel about that? Okay, so this is what I've been saying all offseason. Joe Burrow guarantees any team. Now you got 17 games in the season. Joe Burrow guarantees Zach Taylor. Um, well, he guarantees the Bengals five wins by himself. If I right. was coaching, if I was coaching, right? right? So that's five wins. What they're going to be asking Zach Taylor to do is what they, he did against the Steelers last year for that second time we played him is mm-hmm. go win two to three games on your own, like that you have no business winning or you're out scheming an, another opponent. So <laughs> or at the, the Titans end, game last year. <laughs> or the tight, well, yeah. let's see the tight. I feel like the Titans felt that's a good team for us to play in that in that standpoint. Their pass rush was terrible, but our but offensive up- line was awful. That was, I think, Spain's was that his first game? I think it was. That game wasn't even close, they were never really in it. That's what I was always surprised by. I, I, I never. I never liked their I never liked their roster though. My my best friend yeah. is the head my, my best friend is the head athletic trainer for the Tennessee Titans. I don't like their roster. Yeah. I just I just don't. But but just going back to it, Joe Burrow right. is automatically going to win five to six games by itself. So all they're asking Zach Taylor to do is go out scheme two to three games. If you mm-hmm. walk out of the season seven and ten or better, you're good. If yeah. if it's ugly early on, Zach Taylor wouldn't be the fall guy. It's gonna. I'm gonna tell. You, I'm gonna tell you all this. This is the thing that used to drive me insane. Anybody that's <laughs> ever seen my lives, we would be playing. I'm not a Dalton fan. Sorry if you Dalton lovers are in here today. I've been fell off the Dalton train like five, six years ago or something. After the <laughs> after the Colts playoff game, I was walking out of a bar and I was like depressed. All right. So so listen. In the in my lives, I don't care what will happen because of what Zimmer had done, because of what Marvin Lewis had instilled in Bengals fans. Bengals fans are primarily defensive-oriented fans. Right. We have been trained in condition. If we would be down, like the game would be seven to ten, and Dalton would go four, three, and outs, and then <laughs> yeah. and then the Bengals would give up a touchdown, and everybody would. I would flip out because everybody would be like, the defense sucks. I'm like, dude, this dude <laughs> he just went, four out. <laughs> bro, he just went three quarters without scoring a, a point, bro. Right, like, so, right. so, so I say that to say this. Lou Anarumu is the guy that's going to be on the hot seat because you got to think Zach can hide behind, oh, well, he's fresh off an of ACL tear. Right, I you you I we can't thrust them out there and do too much. Say you go down by a bunch of points, you can't drop them back 30, 40 times anyway, because right. he's fresh off an AC ACL tear. You can't start even doing that till like week eight. So you gotta think the defense gotta hold up like something crazy mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. early in the season it's gonna be run heavy. The first fall guy, book it. Just like I told you, Jamar Chase is going to be the first and last person to wear uh, number one. one. Lou, Lou, yep. Lou, Lou Anarumu is the guy, not Zach Taylor. <laughs> Think about it. Since Lou Anarumu has well, been here, they've acquired well, about 25 players. Since that's why I'm surprised. That, well, that's why I'm surprised he made it through last year. I mean, because Josh said it in here. I was done with, with Armadillo after the Colts game. The Colts game pissed me off. 
I got so tired of watching. I've mentioned it here on my show a ton of times. Watching running backs, tight ends, wide receivers run slants right over the middle of the freaking field. There's not a bit within five yards. Like, if I can see that sitting in my couch, why can't he? Oh, and we should have won that game. That's the one. That, that's where I'm. But I'm but, surprised but, that but, he but, made but, it this but I'm a, but that is you know what's so funny about what you just did? That's that? exactly what I'm talking about. That's what that's how bank that's exactly what Bengals fans but do. But it was right there. You can see it. It's like come but, on, we but, game but one. If, if I show if I showed you Dalton's stat line right now in his four playoff games, there is not another city in this whole United States of America. All the Dalton lovers out there in the world, I live in Washington, DC. I didn't watch them run Kirk Cousins out of town. I didn't watch them run Joe Gibbs out of town. So there is not one franchise in the in the United States of America that would allow Dalton to play four playoff games to that level. You could go to the past playoff games that you think that somebody played like complete trash. Like go look at um go look at the stat line for Baker Mayfield in the loss that they just had against the Chiefs. It's like yeah. it's like 250, 300 yards like in his sleep. Dalton right. did Dalton did that in garbage time. He got close to it in the Chargers game. Those games are the absolute worst playoff games from a quarterback I've ever seen. And, the, and fans do exactly what you're doing. They say, man, the defense didn't hold up. No, you failed to put points on the board. And be, because of that, the defense was always on his back heels. And it's been like that for five years. You cannot operate like Carl Lawson for a team with a lead would be leading the NFL in sacks, but he never right. had a lead. So it makes a defense's end job so much harder. That, that, go, that goes to the point then that, that Crown brought up earlier. Do the Bengals have to, it's 35 points a game to really, really make this thing work? And I, I, don't, I don't know if they have to, but yeah. I think they have a very good shot at, at doing that. I, I don't know. What, what's your thoughts on how, how the offense is, is got to jump out in front and got to get a lead? What, what's your thoughts on that? The Colts game, we jumped out 21 and nothing, but go look at the stat line of Dalton. Like, yeah, some of that, like, like we, we, we could talk about that in another game. I'm sorry. I just read <laughs> I read one of the comments. Like, yeah, go look yeah. go look at the stats for that, and then go look at any losing quarterback in the playoffs this past year. Show me anybody that played that bad in any of those games. And nobody cared. Everybody just kept on. Well, I think, saw, I think, I think Josh talked about the Colts game this year when we, ju- we jumped out 21 nothing. That's we're, – we're – Oh, oh no, 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 sir. We're talking playoffs. I'm talking playoffs. Uh, so, playoffs. like, so, but no, um, I'm sorry. What was your question? No, just what's the offense gonna be like? I mean, are they gonna have to average 35 points a game to help the defense? I think, I think, I think it's super unrealistic to expect them to third to score 35 points like early on in the Joe Burrow coming off an ACL injury, right? But what makes offenses or what makes teams really good is jumping out in the first half of a football game and, and dominating that portion of it. So then you can put your deep, take all the pressure off your defense and now let these young guys like Osai come in and pass rush. But if you never get yourself in a position where you're up, you can't even get Osai on the field. Right. So fan, right. fans got to be cognizant of that. And so early on, you got to think the threshold, and I've always said this, it's got to be 24 to 25 points a game is what gets you into the playoffs every year. So that's why I've always, that's why I've always been an offensive. Give me the guns. Give me Jamar Chase. Like I've always been like that because 
your defense can't be – I hate people say Ben don't break. Like, no, your defense yeah. has to make plays at, at very important parts of a game. You right. can make those plays early in the game, and it carries you through the rest of the game, and you're good. But, exactly. But for the most part, if you fail to score, if my defense holds you under 21 points, then nine times out of – like seven times out of ten, I'm going to win that football game. But if you have a bad offense, which we had – in all of these years, all of those games we were losing. That's why when you look at the Zach Taylor uh, record and all, and even before then, even with the laser offense and stuff, all those games we were losing were super, super close because the offense failed to like make anything happen, and they never hit that that point threshold. Go look at all the playoff teams; they're always twenty three is like the lowest, twenty four through twenty six, and then you get up to the elites like the Buccaneers right. and the Chiefs that get to twenty eight. You're going to have games where you score 30-something, I'm sure. Yeah. But if you score 25 to 28 points a game, you're going to make the playoffs. I don't care what – like, because that, that's going to set the tone for the defense. So defense right. wins Mr. Championship guy doesn't like me. Because 2000 <laughs> – like, 2021, like, I don't need – I don't need Jack Lambert and all these guys running out a goddamn tunnel and – beating the brakes off of people i just right. need them to make impactful plays in important spots in, in in games and everybody talks about those early pat mahomes teams those pat mahomes teams were all playoff super bowl ready with a terrible defense he right. always put points on the board then when you gave them an average defense which they have now it's elite right exactly all right i know you, you had to get out of here at 7 10 but one real quick question for you real quick how good is the AFC North now. I think it with what the Clowns did and the Steelers did and the Ravens or Rappers or what they are. I think <laughs> the it's clowns. the Clowns. I think it's one of the toughest divisions in, in football. I mean, I, I think all four teams are going to begin it, to be honest. What's your thoughts on that real quick? I'll let you get out of here. I, I think the the, the the division is no joke. I respect our opponents, but I mm-hmm. think like roster-wise on paper, we got to line mm-hmm. it up. On mm-hmm. paper, we we match up very well. I think with a lot of these yes. teams, I, I I don't think I don't think the Steelers draft came out well at all. Like, well, no, look, they didn't dress the offensive line. That's that's one thing. I, everybody think, oh, they got the running back, but they don't have a line. Who cares? <laughs> who cares? Who cares about the running back? Like, yeah, I I can get a running back. Like the dude from North Carolina that I think went in, like in the fourth round probably could start. Like to me, last year, oh, Chris Evans for us. No, 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 for somebody else. I don't know who he went to, but like that was a target. Like you could go get a third, like to me, second round is a premium pick for a running Mm -hmm. back. If you're saying that you're going to draft a running back in the first round, he has to be elite, like on another level, like not Najee Harris. Yeah. Michael Carter. It can't be a Najee Harris level. Like Najee Harris is really, really good, but he coming out of college, like he's not like what a this is a bad example, but he's not <laughs> he's not Kajana Carter level like where right. this guy can carry a whole football team, and that's the only way I could take a running back in the first round. I could go get Todd Gurley right now in free agency and go get get me two hundred snaps or so. Like with that, I could I could put together like a bunch of like running backs, and as long as the guys are blocking for him in the Stiller system, yeah, you, well, you the, you're gonna you're gonna win. They don't care. Well, they yeah, the, the Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. <laughs> exactly. Well, they also lost their tackle. Villanueva went and signed with the Rappers today. So they're right. they're off its line. I love I, think it. I, love, I love I love that signing because we got the blueprint on him. 
we absolutely killed them with Carl Lawson, and mm-hmm. and he struggles with shorter guys like that, like a Osai. He struggles mm-hmm. with guys like that. So, Dude, uh, but, but 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 to get but to give Steelers their respect, you know, the uh, Castro still playing at a really really good level. The kid right. Dotson is still really really solid. So from a guard standpoint, they're still in a better shape than us. But I think I think if I'm the if I'm Pittsburgh then I'm going to address offense line early on. And it was a ton of running backs that they could have came back later. Like, go look at the running backs that, like, really ate this year. Like, uh, the mm-hmm. uh, the kid Swift that went to the Lions, Cam Akers with the Rams, all these different guys. Like, none of those are, like, first-round guys. Like, to yeah. use that pick on that, like, I didn't. I thought that was – for anybody that's saying that we should have got offensive line, like, that's a – that's a big reach. But the Steelers, yeah. the, Ra- the, the Steelers, the Raiders, and the Seahawks, they always do whatever they want. So it's it's really weird to gauge what they what they did. I thought their draft wasn't a good, wasn't good at all. I thought the Browns draft was really good on defense. I thought the Ravens had a couple really nice picks too. Um, with the exception of I think the corner is gonna be good for us too. So the division is no joke. Um, it's still business as usual, but I think health is key. If yes. we're healthy uh, this year, huge. Yeah. then then I just think it's time for that fortune to turn, you know, right now. And I think I think that's if, if that if we're healthy, we we match up with all of those teams. Because think about what we just talked about up front in the trenches going against right. like that running attack. Like that's your guy. All right, cool. We got exactly what we need to stop that. I don't well, know. Well, the thing is, too, one that I can't wait to see. This is going to be the line Joe Minton has had. How fun will it be to actually watch him be able to make a cut and not in the backfield because somebody's there. There'll actually be holes for the man to run through. Joe Mixon has a chance to have his best year. I mean, because like you said, they're not going to be able to double team anybody, anybody. And if if we get lucky and and lightning strikes that Thaddeus Moss is anywhere close to what he did at LSU and they could use him in the right uh, scheme and stuff, Whoo, boy, we gonna be so fun in the jungle this year, baby. It's gonna be a blast. I'm like, woohoo! Yes, oh, sir. I can't wait. Yeah, I mean, him, him I, I still have faith in Uzama. And you know what's really, really bad about this sample thing? It almost reminds me of like uh, uh, Jackson Carmen. If Jackson Carmen would have got drafted in the third and Osai was switched, I think everybody would look at our draft like it was an A plus, but yes. it's just because of all of these mocks. And the same thing happened to Sample, except Sample's probably a fourth round prospect. But yeah. it doesn't take away the fact that Drew Sample is a solid tight end in this league. Like I, I want people to understand this before I go. For anybody that actually goes out and plays, scores touchdowns, catches healthy, goes through a whole NFL season in itself is a success story. I think the expectations for a lot of these guys, like I know a lot of guys personally that I went to school with, the same guy that I'm saying, like it's my dog, Brian, uh, is the head athletic trainer for the Titans. Yeah, he made it in the NFL for two, three weeks. You see what I'm saying? Like he went to Kent State. He was a dog, crazy, whatever. Like some of these guys, look at a Rodney Anderson. Look at all these guys that kind of go in and then where's Cody Core at? Where's Josh Malone? To look at Sample, right? And say, oh, well, he's not da-da-da, whatever. I think people are being super unrealistic on how hard it is to be an NFL pro and to go through mm-hmm. a four-year contract. That yep. that hit that hit rate is like 17, it's like 17%. It's not it's like, you know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, isn't the average like uh, uh, average year or average career like four years? I mean, that's like uh, an average NFL career. I think that's as long no, as it's year no, four or seven. I, I, I average NFL career. If you took all seven rounds of an NFL draft, an average NFL career is a year and a quarter. If yeah. you took if you took all seven rounds. Now right, I'm not right. saying that the lower expectations. I'm just saying people need to put that in for it's, pers- it's, perspective. It's hard. Well, I like me and my dad were talking about this when, when Thaddeus or yeah, when, uh, not Thaddeus when uh, Jamar Chase got uh, drafted, and I was got done jumping up and down screaming. But it, it, I don't care if you are have God given abilities, if you don't take advantage of those and you don't work your ass off, because just because these guys got drafted, it, their work ain't over. They got to continue to work to make the team and to to beat the guy that's in front of them on the field every Sunday. It is nothing but freaking work, and this is their life I mean, right 24 7 it's football so is everybody who says you know, oh these guys are spoiled pro athletes and all this crap go do what they do they they right. they live this stuff it's it ain't Bruh, easy I, 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 see, you know, I don't I care if you got athletic, yeah i don't care if you got athletic ability or not you if you still have it you have to take advantage of it and work your ass off to get there right I mean, that's just yeah. that's just life in general I mean, think about every single day. I said this in my Carl Lawson interview. I was like, you know, like, I was like, Carl, you can't even, like, he's like, yeah, like, I can't just go eat anything. Like, you know, like, we're right. sitting at home, whatever. Like, yeah. I, ha- I have to, every single day of my life, I have to eat this amount of stuff. I have to be here on time. There is no days calling out or any of that stuff. There no, is no, no sick days. And, like, you know, so, but I just say that to say this. Like, uh, the guy Josh Smith said in the comments, he said, like, fans want Sample to be Kittle or whatever. There's only one George Kittle. You got to think there's yeah. 30, 32 teams. There's only yeah. one George Kittle. What, and, yeah. and think about the elite tight ends that are in the NFL over the last 10 years. What is it, like eight maybe? Like elite yeah. tight ends? Like eight. And that's if they stay healthy. Because uh, I mean, right. we had one, and he couldn't stay healthy. So Right, right. And, and the thing is, you, you, you got Thad, and you got uh, Sample, and you and you got Uzama. That, that those three in a mixture at, at tight end, I think we can mix and match it, and I think we're gonna be pretty good at tight. We're not, I don't think we're gonna have one guy. I think it's gonna be all three of them. Right, it's got to be that way. It's got to be that way to make it make sense. All right, brother, I'll let you go. You said you had to get out of here at seven ten at seven nineteen, so we're a little over. But I appreciate you as always coming on the show, dude. Anytime you want to come on, come on, bring it, baby. Yeah. Yes, sir. We're going to get you back on Orange is the New Black soon. If you guys have never seen me before, please make sure you follow me at Zim Hude on Twitter, Zim underscore Hude on Instagram. You could go check me out at ZimHude.com. I do a clothing line called Burrow Babies, and I'm actually about to drop season two very shortly. I can't wait. Might have to go check those out. All right, Zim Hude, and I'll I'll check you out later. Hude! All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that. It's always fun having Zim on the show, and that's that's my dude. He's he's one of my, the the funnest guys to have on the show. I, I love being on his his show with Ace and and just talking to him. I text him a lot. <laughs> it is it is a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed that. So uh, let's see here. We got any uh, questions here? You. Uh, I see here. One more question, Charles. What do you guys think we still need right now? Um, I, I wouldn't. I, I, two guys I'd like to sign. They're on our teams last year. I like to resign Josh Bynes, and I like to resign uh, Geno Atkins. Those are two guys I would like to resign. Josh Bynes, I think, uh, is a good leader in the linebacking uh, room, and I think with the Bengals not taking a linebacker. 
I think that's a very good sign to, to try to resign him. I know somebody else said it in the chat here that they got to resign Jesse Bates. I agree with you. Uh, Jesse Bates, I think, has got to be on the um, on the uh, uh, list of things to do. Uh, if you guys remember last year, they didn't get mixed and signed until I think July. So I think that might be where uh, Bates might about the timeline of where they might be signing Bates. I do think they got to um, excuse me, sign him. Now tomorrow's show, it is a huge show. I'm very excited and happy about who is going to be on the show. I confirmed it on Monday that Mr. Bengal, Dave Lapham will be on the show. I messaged him again, just to double check to make sure he's going to be on my show tomorrow. So as far as I know, we're going to be live at five 30. I, I like, I know we were late today. I went on at six. Um, I appreciate you guys for, for waiting and hanging on and, and showing up, but uh, Zim had some stuff come up and he couldn't come on to six 30. So that's why we moved it to to six thirty instead of five thirty today. So I appreciate our John and Watson. Uh, tomorrow, like I said, Mister Bengal, Dave Laffham, the man who played in the Freezer Bowl. He played in the seventies, eighties, and then he's been a Bengals broadcaster with Dan Horde for well, him and Dan Horde. I think I think somebody just put it out there their fifth year or tenth year anniversary. I think ten year, ten years they've been together now. Which I can't believe those two have been together that long. But Dave Laffham's been on the Bengals in the Bengals booth for, I think, 30 years. So it's going to be so much fun to have him on the show. I can't wait to you guys tell everybody about the show with Dave Lapham. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Make sure you like, subscribe, share. And let's get to the Facebook groups that let me live stream. I appreciate every single one of them. They are Hootie Nation, which is a great Bengals group. Cincinnati Reds, Ryan third, heading for home. Hopefully, uh, I don't don't, it's raining here. I, the, rain, the Reds game was delayed, so it don't look like it started yet, but we'll find out. Maybe they'll get the game in tonight, but check out since I Reds running third, heading home. Bearcat country. It's Miller time, baby. The Bearcats are A people. The Monster Factory is back. That is a huge, huge deal. We got our strength and conditioning coach back. So check out Bearcat country. The Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar, which is a virtual bar, basically, you know, show page, go hang out, drink some beers, talk some trash, have fun. Uh, and then you can follow me all on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook. Facebook, I have 1,049 likes. I have 1,142 followers. I'm on Twitter. Uh, it's, you can look for Sports with Strawberry Ice, but the, the uh, handle is Jeff at Jeff A. Trenopole. That's T-R-E-N-N-E-P-O-H-L. I only have 498 followers there. Love to get that up a little higher. I'm on Instagram and TikTok is under uh, Iceman at Iceman90. Uh, Instagram is Sports Strawberry Ice. Uh, YouTube, like I said, we are at 1,060 subscribers. That is awesome. I appreciate every single one of you guys. Let's keep it rolling. This has been so much fun. Uh, I'll be pulling the sound off later on today. Put it on the podcast. So if you missed, you know, you can't watch the show for an hour, you can listen to it. I'm on Bean Pod. Said it right that time. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, pretty much wherever you get your podcast, I'm on there. So make sure you listen, you rate, rate, like, and review, and download it. That would be awesome. I mean, the podcast has been blowing up. I'm getting more and more listeners on that, which is awesome. The YouTube is, is blowing up. Everything's blowing up. I appreciate you guys for some reason like what I'm doing, and I, I'm ecstatic that you like it. But other than that, as my great friend Jeremy D 
would say, remember one thing and one thing only. That is, you don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati. So act like it. Who day? Go Reds. Go Bearcats. And that's your sports, baby. See ya!